1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says this, Behold, what matter of love the Father has bestowed, has given upon us or bestowed upon us that we shall be called the sons of God, the children of God, the sons of God. Behold, what matter of love the Father has been bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Okay? Hebrews chapter 2, verses 11. We'll read verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons, children, unto glory, to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifies sets apart, and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which, for which cause he is not ashamed to call us brethren. We shared this morning about the, so the signs of the times with the personal experience, not the position. Let's get this crystal clear. The position that we all have as Christians in Christ is one of purity and holiness and oneness with God. There's no doubt about it. But the signs of the times and prophetically communicated in, in the book of Revelations in chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, about the actual, the actual church age that we're in, the church of Laodicea, in the times that we're in, we talked about the signs of the time is that as Christians in our personal experience, listen, we are filled with shame. With the sh listen, the shame of our nak uh, nakedness. The transition from Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3 versus the state of innocence where Adam and Eve were naked, it says, where, listen, where they were completely exposed and had no shame. Listen, why? Because on God's side, the sanctifier is not ashamed of us. He's not ashamed at one bit to be associated with us. But do you understand when we identify apart from the reality of who we are, even as Christians, carnal Christians, we're ashamed of him. We're ashamed of ourselves. And listen, this is an experiential reality in Christendom today. And we talked about how the whole system is set up not to set us free, all right, or bring us, bring our experience into the reality of our position and let us live in the reality of God's thoughts towards us that is not ashamed to be associated with us, right? No. 
The reality of the time is not preaching the truth in the orderly fashion of God's intention for the church age in a local assembly so that we will actually function under the control of God, being loved by God, and manifesting the very character and nature of God and glorifying him, right? No, the whole system today is set up to cover the fig leaf our shame before him. I remember when I was a young kid, you know, Ed has been, we've been talking about this. It's like, it's been kind of a um, joint thing between us, how God is kind of bringing us back to when we were kids. <laughs> Ed, Ed brought, uh, God brought Ed back to when he delivered papers, you know, and he says, hey, you know, he, would you call me about a grand, what's a grandfather? What's your quote? I have that to bring to you. From yeah. Grandfathers are just antique little boys. Grandfathers are just antique little boys. And listen, do you think, honestly, 60, Eight. 57, <laughs> 41. 41, right? What? Do you think God's view changes towards us based on our age? I mean, come on. Is he does he look at does he look at Mike Fenton as a 57-year-old man any different than he saw that five-year-old little boy that ran to him in complete dependency? Do you think he sees us any different? It says in Revelation 13:8, he's the same yesterday, today, and there. What's the same about him? I'm gonna tell you what's the same about him, his viewpoint towards us. And guess what? He's not ashamed. He loves us. And it's awesome. But the whole, listen, the whole system today and the whole functionality from start to finish of most local assemblies in this particular church age or this sign of the age is to cover our shame. Not that, listen, not to deal with the lie of it, but to cover it. Right? We talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 2. Actually, I'll read it to you. It actually talks about living a false... Listen, basically, it's, it, it says here to renounce the hidden things in dishonesty, right? Okay? It says that... It's like, what, what is dishonesty? What, what, what is he talking about here? This is what he's talking about. He's talking about not being the, not living in the reality, the, the genuine genuineness of the reality of who you are in him, which we're what unashamed. And then we have a form, like I'd shared this morning, we have this form, right, of Christianity, but we deny the delivering power that what? Deals with our what? Our shame. What happened? to Adam and Eve after Genesis, right? Genesis chapter 2. They were naked and unashamed. What happened in Genesis 3? They were naked and what? They were ashamed. How do we know we are, they were ashamed? They hid. From who? From God. Just think of this. Look at Going to a local assembly, right? A local assembly, 
Think about this now. That is meant to encourage in the reality that you've been delivered. Right? And going to that local assembly, and instead of being encouraged in the reality of the position of your deliverance and sanctification, which he accepts you, and he's not ashamed at all of you, right? They actually set up programs to help you hide from God. And I'm not kidding. But listen, that's the sides of the times we're in. It's, this, it's just what it is. Listen, he says, in the end times, perilous times, listen, men will be lovers of pleasure, lovers of self, rather than lovers of God. What does that even mean? How do you, what does a lover of self mean? This is a lover of self is. I'm telling you what a lover of self is. He, what does he do? He, he sets up his entire life, right, in comfortability to help him deal with the fact that he's ashamed. What is it? That's all it is. Why do, why do we need to sublimate? Why? Because we're in pain. Why are we being pain? Why? Because why? Because the shame of our, listen, our nakedness is revealing our shame. wonder why people are, you know, love not the world, neither the, why would you go, go into the world? Why would you love the things of the world? Why? Because, listen, because you're not experientially being loved by him. <laughs> listen, that's it. We'll probably go into more of the of the depth of First John chapter three, where it talks about all the what what the manifestation of Christ does in this arena to us, you know. Um, I just kind of mentioned Isaiah six. It's just a, such a beautiful picture. Like when you read Revelations chapter three. And, you, and it talks, it says, they, they thought they were this, this, and this. Listen, in the shame of their nakedness. Okay? They actually got so comfortable in their, where they go in their system, right? That they thought they were okay. Right? He says, you say you're fine because, listen... You established an arena to be comfortable in the nakedness of your shame. <laughs> That's what it says. He says, and you don't know what condition you're really in. Right? That's what he, that's what he says there. And this is, listen, this was the same place in a similar way Isaiah was in Isaiah 6, listen, he didn't know his state until something happened. Okay, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And he saw how created beings relate to God in his holiness. So he saw. And you know what he said? What did he say? Woe is me. Woe is me. 
woe is me. Why do you say woe is why do you say woe is me? Jonathan, why would he say that? He was ashamed. Right? Listen, until the first thing that happens, and we'll, we're going to probably go over this sometimes deeper in John, 1 John 3. The first thing that happens with the manifestation of the reality and genuineness of Christ is he reveals the reality, okay, your experiential reality of where you are apart from him. It's the first thing that happens. Without that, listen, you don't even understand you're ashamed. You're just so used to dealing in these, these you just you got these habits of behavior in, in Christendom where you think it's a religious behavior. And listen, it's just a demonic darkness that you think is light in Matthew chapter 6. And what, and what does God want to do in the manifestation of the reality of who he is? He wants to reveal himself for who he really is and for us to see him for really who he is. And then we get a manifestation. Oh, my. Whoa. 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 Is me. Whoa is me. That's, listen, that's the loving chastisement of God that wants us to experience what? Being unashamed understand the purity of his you know his love for us right and he says that in verse 3 of first john 3 he says hey listen purify yourself with this that he loves you that he's for you right that he's not listen he's not satisfied with just you understanding and knowledge your position he's not he's not satisfied with that he desires for you to live in the experience or reality of that position and what's already been done for you by the manifestation, a personal manifestation of who he is. That's what he desires. That's why we're here. That's why I'm so, listen, that's why I'm so encouraged and so excited that my friends, that Matt and Lacey and, and Ed are down here and we can hear the, listen, we can hear the purity of the reality of the genuineness of Christ. He's not here to preach himself. Aren't you done with that? I don't want to hear myself, let alone anybody else. I want to see Christ in the manifestation of who he is and the reality of who he is that we will never come to the end of. But every time we participate, we're filled with joy. And we're, listen, right? And we're like, we're like purified. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're like, and, and we live, listen, we don't live in the listen in the lie we don't live pretending we don't put on a form right of what we're supposed to be because we're shameful and we have to deal with it right no we enter in the genuineness of the love of god and the reality of who he is and then the reality of what he's done on our behalf and we can rest in the works that were finished before the foundation of the earth in Hebrews 4, 3. So, Father, we love you tonight. We thank you. We're excited for this fellowship. We're excited to gather around you tonight and just have you just have your way. And I just ask right now that you just quicken and have your way. 
through Ed and just manifest yourself to us personally. We love you and we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Okay, just be very brief uh, tonight because I thought that was awesome. How many agree? Amen. Beautiful, huh? Awesome. Well, when Mike was sharing 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, when it says to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, the, the literal Greek word is our English word, shame. That's literally what it says. Um, one of the things we want to do under the direction of, of God, the Holy Spirit, is he can, and he only can take the things of Christ and show us, show us those things. Uh, we, wanna, we want, and we were going over it this morning, and Mike just did it right now, about, about the whole world system, that world system that is completely outside of Christ. Now, even when you go into uh, Genesis, the third chapter, those first six verses where it goes into the fall, it talks about the fall of man. And again, Adam, Adam and Eve were the only human beings that ever even, and it was so quick, the innocence that they had, but it was untried innocence. The minute they were tried was the time when they were apart from Christ, when, he, when, when Eve was seduced and Adam being, you know, the real submissive head, <laughs> which is the problem, which brings in a lot of shame when there's a, this reversal of, of the headship of Christ through his proper order, we see right away, it says Cain, you know, uh, he in Genesis 4, verse 16, he went out from the presence of God. Verse 17 says, and he built a city. Listen, that is the whole world system. The whole world system is built and designed on the murder and crucifixion of Christ, even back then, when of course, Abel brought the right sacrifice, which was pointing to Christ, who would come 4,000 years into the future and actually fulfill that, being the antitype. He brought an innocent victim. And of course, Cain, what did he bring? He brought the best that he could, that he thought he could get from the ground that was in Genesis 3.19 that was cursed. When we bring anything other than Christ and offer that, what is it? It's God absolutely has cursed it. So we see, again, he built a city, and you see all the arts and entertainment and everything that God meant for, a, for to be a form of worship became something of mankind to do away with the fact, and we talked about this, how do you separate the cross from the gospel? I'll tell you how, it is huge in so-called Christianity today. That's right. I want to hear all, all I want to hear about is the love of God, what he can do for me and what he did for me. The heck with the self-life ever dealt with. And of course, the justice of God, which again, can never be separated from his love. And then there you have all that, this false teaching of universalism and annihilationism and all these other crazy things. But the bottom line is that all the, everything that mankind could use from Cain on down was to keep out a crucified Christ, was to keep out the gospel, That's right. to keep it out, right? And of course, you, when you can't, when, you, when your shame isn't dealt with, as has been brought out, what do you do? You cover it. But it's very interesting when you see it in Genesis, the third chapter, 
you see they heard the voice of God, and that was Christ in his pre-incarnate state, by the way, the voice of God, which, who is the word in John 1, 1. He was walking, and he asked them a question, where are you? And God would ask us that question as Christians, not in an, act, an accusing or condemning way. Where are we in our experience? But that's what he asked them. And they said, well, we heard you, and we, we were afraid because we were naked. Remember, they covered themselves. But in his presence, truly, what are we? Naked. Right. So you see, in Cain, they use everything to keep out Christ in that way. This were all your cults, all your religions, all of them are designed on that. And you know what? That's when Christ, when, when God said in Genesis 6, verse 5, and he said it again in Genesis 8, verse 21, prior to the flood of the judgment, he said, the thought of man, listen, the thought of any of us outside of Christ is what? Is only evil continually. Oh, my God. And when you study that in the Hebrew, it says not just their thought, but every purpose and every design that they have is only evil continually. God Almighty. <laughs> oh, and then you, of course, you had the flood, and then you have the type of the ark, Christ. Eight went in, thank God, you know, this resurrection. And, but you see the whole world system, you follow it all the way through, Right? Followed all the way through. You have Cain, right? And then what do you have? You follow humanity all the way through. All the way up until, all the way up until it was, it was a Pharisee. Who's that still? That's just, that's just Cain. That's just him under the, under the prince and power of the air, Ephesians 2, 2, God of this world, in John 12, 31 and 14, 30. Literally. And, and, and the truth is, where are we headed? And boy, we're gonna, I, wanted, I wanted to speak on the Feast of Tabernacles and what that means in type. Got to do it Sunday because I didn't quite finish it. I believed the way that God would have it. And I was a little bit too tired. And so I was like, oh, how am I going to do this? You know, God said, just relax, you know. This is when you're going to do it. And I went, yeah, okay, great. You know, cause, because when do we receive? What place do we receive? When we rest. And where do we rest? We rest in Christ. You know, and only he can do, guess what? What only he can do. Because he bases what only he can do on what he's already done. So just rest, right? Mm -hmm. When things seem too much, oh, the word, like it's, you know, just let, let's relax and let God store it up. I can't tell you how many times he has stored up things to me I, I, I was not even aware of. And you know why? I'm going to tell you why. And Mike shared it again. This kind of love that we have in 1 John 3, 1 through 3. Yeah, like God can never come to the end of who he is. And we will ever, right? <laughs> I think it's funny, some of these, I'm sorry, I hate bringing it up, but, you know, like some of these degrees, like these masters of divinity, you know, like you mastered God. Whoa, you're on an equal plane with God, yippee. I don't think so. <laughs> but, the, but you see, he stores it up, just come and be faithful. I, is it, is it too much? Yes, listen. When is it not? I can't tell you how many times. I mean, God given giving me the word. I was sharing it this morning. God giving the word. I'm like, and I'm just I'm like, God, it's too much. Not that it's not enough, but it's so incredible, so pure, so holy. It's like, how can I do this? You know, and every time it's like God said, Don't you worry. I'll do it. 
That's right. I'll do it. And let them store it up in you. Don't it, you we never have to say it's too much. Right. We don't. What, too much God? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when will he not be above us? us? When will he not be above us? And yet deeply desires to be with us in intimacy. Come on. I mean, what do you expect of your child? You know, this little cutie, what do you expect of her? You're going you know, to love her where she is and she's going to grow. And you're going to have a constant relationship. And what I love about it is even, you know, even the babes in 1 John 2, 12, they know the love of God, and I love this, that they're forgiven. And I never need to be reminded of that. Of course, I don't fail a hundred times in a day either. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Failure is included in the plan of God, right. never in the outcome. That's right. And he'll teach us. He deeply desires an intimacy to teach us through grace. That's right. Okay, but when we can't, he even uses in Jeremiah 2.19 the backsliding. Where do we backslide? Right back on that stupid world system. I'm going to be very accurate. So stupid, dumb, evil, dumb world system. Right? World system. And we said it this morning, too. In Galatians 6.14, God forbid. You know, listen to what it says. God forbids that I glory. Let's just stop right there. Yeah. I never did that. That's right. Sit down. Okay. God forbids that I should glory. Except, listen to this, except on the cross of Jesus Christ. How are you going to separate the cross from the gospel, the good news? There's good news without Christ being sacrificed? Never. But God forbids that I should glory except on the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says. Of whom, listen to this, thank God for this. The whole world system is crucified unto me. Did you know that? Christ died on the cross and, and he did it for us and when he did, he crucified the whole world system. That's what it says. Oh, and by the way, and then an eye unto the world. Two provisions. Two provisions, right? And, and what does that do away with? Shame. And what I love about it is, and I'm going to stop with this because we, we had so much tonight already and I just want to just meditate on it. But um, when a Christian functions in the world and we can do it in a heartbeat, right? But thank God in Job 36 verse 7, he never, and this is what Mike was saying, he never removes his eye from the righteous. You know what that means? He never takes the, his eye off of his son and that's where you and I are located. Okay, so in my quote, Hebrews 2.11, he is not ashamed to call us brethren. Now, you and I wouldn't even have a trial if Christ wasn't in us. And sometimes we focus on what I do and what I don't do, where all these attacks. Listen, just the fact that you have Christ in you, you're going to get it. That's right. That's right. And, you know, like it or not, we were, we've said this before, you know, we were born into conflict, saved, listen, saved and unsaved, born into conflict. How many chose to be born? You think that had anything to do with God's will? <laughs> right? Born into conflict. And a lot of what the world goes through, unsaved, okay, those things come against us, but the only difference is we have Christ in us to go through them. That's right. They don't. 
And I, I remember looking at this like, oh God, and I've never seen myself. Again, I said like, I thought when I left Texas and go back to Massachusetts, God was gonna do this great work through me. Yeah, he said, I sent you back because I'm gonna do a great work in you. But that's why he says, love not the world, right? There's love in the world? No, he says, lust not the world. So love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, right? The love of the Father, is that in his experience? And is he speaking to Christians there? Yes. You best believe it. Because if you look at it in 1 John 2, 12, right to 15, okay? All right? So lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, right? All the shame, you know? And, and what I loved about it, and I, I promise I'm going to close, God was teaching me is, and, he, and gosh, he makes you so... So gentle and, and just quiet in the faults of others, especially when he deals with your own. He, he, yeah, and he can use you. But you take the most, and God was saying to me, you take the most wicked, vile person in the world and tell me that you, apart from Christ, are any different than them. You're not. Ever. But boy, and we're not any better than anybody, but we're better off in Christ. What a message we have. And so when we live in the world as Christians, okay, what is the world and what is it formed on? It's deception. Just, you're deceived. So for the believer, if he can't deceive us, right, through pride, through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, if he can't do that, what will he do? When we do function in Christ, he'll accuse us. And you know who he's really accusing? You think, you think he, could, he would accuse us outside of Christ being in us? Never would. Nothing left. There's no one to accuse. You're already, he's already got you deceived. You're in the world. That's right. Boy. He accuses the brethren. Notice that? In, in Revelation 12, he accuses the brethren. And Christ, in Hebrews 2.11, he is not ashamed to call us what? His intimate family. Oh, my God. We're headed to, to the most incredible glory. It's just unbelievable. I'll tell you what. It really is. I just, I can't wait. But I'll tell you, I am excited. I'll tell you, I really am. Um, at, my, at, at, at my age, you know, and, you know, there's a couple of them there that are older than me still, you know. But, boy, I'll tell you what. There's nothing, nothing replaces Christ. No thing that's of any value replaces Christ. And nothing replaces obedience. And I, and, and I said it again. Uh, you know, I said it this morning. I say it again. When God, the way he's been just purifying me and me just deeply desiring all those wasted years, they're wasted for me because Christ, God's brought me to this place. They're wasted for me in terms of not him not being glorified and manifested in me, period. Not what I do or what I don't. Just the fact of Christ being glorified, the, his right to be so in me has been so missed. That I just want to be done with it. I want to be completely and utterly done with it, you know. And, and uh, the day's hasting, boy. Boy, I, I saw it again, you know, and... In 2 Peter 3, 12, we're hasting the day when this, is, this world system's going to be over. 
but again, I'm just uh, I'm just blessed to be here. I'm I'm excited. I'm just looking forward to to what God has for us. I the oneness that we had this morning, I tell you, was just was incredible. It was just beautiful to me. Uh, every every person, you know, it just was uh, was amazing. So, don't you and don't me undervalue the Christ that's in us. Don't do it. Well, what would we trade him for? My God. Yeah. He, he, he is, honestly, he is irreplaceable in all of us. So if there's any questions or comments or anything that anyone wants to share.